Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, my mom struggled with alcohol use disorder, alcoholism, whatever, you know, whatever people want to call it that works for them uh, my whole life. But she drank white wine and I wasn't drinking white wine. So like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. This you know, everyone's like, Haley, you got to be careful. It runs in your family. And I'm like, I'm fine. That's not going to happen to me. Happy Sober Day, friends. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who lived them. Check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com for all things podcast related. And for all our video interviews, head over to youtube.com slash Nate Kelly. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. I am here with my new friend, Haley Scherters. Haley, good morning. How are you, my friend? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Kicking off the weekend with a great conversation about recovery. I I couldn't ask for more, really. So thank you for being here this morning. I'm excited to hear more about your story. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited. You're on a frigid lake in Ontario. I am. Yeah, I am. It's chilly. I did a polar dip like (sighs) weeks ago because I was like, try it. Yeah, it was cold, but it was awesome. It was really good. Do you feel the benefit that I see everywhere on TikTok and whatnot with these ice plunges, like the, the awakening of your spirit, so to say? I felt super empowered. And now I'm like, maybe I need to be doing it in a more routine sense, but it's a mind thing to be like, Yeah, because I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, yeah, I want to go walk in and yes. but voluntarily. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you push through 30 seconds and all of a sudden you're like, I can do anything. So Absolutely. like that feeling alone is like that's worth doing. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm always looking to add things to to learn more about myself or sort of strengthen my personal development. Meditation has been huge for me over the last couple of years. And I don't know, I, I hear great things about it. Aside from doing like the polar plunge or like these activity related events, I see a lot of people that just get a big ass bin and put it in their backyard <laughs> and do like these daily plunges. And I'm like, yeah, ah, could I do that? I know. I've, I have asked myself that so many times. So I'm like, I, maybe a tub would be easier. And then I'm like, <laughs> not just my mind trying to yeah. make it. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to figure this out. Maybe if I do it like three more times, I'll decide to invest. Right. Up. Right. Right. <laughs> well, Haley, we, we chatted a little before we hit record, but uh, I know that you've been inspired a bit by this naked mind and you're a certified coach through your, their program. So I want to talk about that and the services that you can offer our listeners, but let's start by learning a little bit more about Haley and, and walk through your personal journey. Yes. Okay. So it's, I mean, it, it's always interesting because I'm like, there's so much and I'm sure everyone <laughs> who's been on these journeys thinks that, right? It's interesting too, years into my sobriety, I'll reflect on like what got me to where I was and a year ago, still sober, I reflect on it differently than I'm reflecting on it mm. now. Like you, the the growth you have within your years, you'll see things different. It's really interesting. It's so true. Yeah. Right? Like it's weird. All of a sudden I'm having these realizations and I'm like, a year ago, I didn't think that. And yeah. I can just, I, it and it continues, almost, it continues to happen. I just celebrated seven <laughs> years and I look, I tell my story differently yeah. not that there are different details or I was dishonest in the way that I used to tell it, but totally. different things become important and different. You look yes. back on different turning points or things yeah. that propelled you to perhaps a different phase totally. of your recovery that, that you didn't yeah. necessarily deem important before. Yeah. But I totally feel what you're saying. Yeah. It's fascinating, which is so neat, but I, yeah. So I, I was, I was always a binge drinker and, and again, I can look back and I'm like, oh, the signs were all there. <laughs> right. Right. But you know, you don't, you do your best with the tools you have at the time. So I grew up in a small town and underage drinking was, it was very normal. And, and I know it still is in many places. And I also understand that not every single person develops a problem, but I was always all or nothing. And at one point in time during like my twenties, I thought I could just have a glass and I just enjoyed a glass or two of wine, but it was probably, it was always a bottle. It was, yep. I was never, it was never one or two. And <laughs> I don't know how I don't understand those people. It, it just, if I yeah. opened a bottle or got a case of beer, it was, I drank until it was gone. Oh my gosh. I yeah. always find it. Someone said that to me. They said, you know, I don't understand when someone doesn't have an off switch. And I said, I'm fascinated because I don't understand someone who does, right. but I love being able to have that conversation with someone where like, I don't feel shame about it. There's not a stigma, like where it's an open dialogue. And, and for her, she was like, wow, that's fascinating. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's just, we're different. We're yep. totally different. <laughs> that's why I love these conversations. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so fascinating. So yes, I was okay. So I was a binge drinker growing up and I can still take myself back to the days where I, I genuinely physically and consciously didn't feel like I was intoxicated. And people would be like, oh, Haley, are you, are you drinking? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> and in my mind, I was convinced that like, no, you seem fine. You're not, you're not slurring. You're, you're good. 
And I can look back so many times to so many people and I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and that's been a realization years later is like, as much as there was other toxic people in my life and unhealthy relationships, sure. I wasn't a healthy person either. I was a talk. I was that toxic person to other people. And I'm like, oh, yep. oh, so cringe. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I was a binge drinker. I hate, I hate admitting that I drove when I shouldn't. I was a bartender in the city. We would all drink after work and, and then you do it so many times that like, you know, you think probably my biggest regret during active addiction, because honestly, I probably did it every day and by the grace of God, nothing ever happened, but, oh, you hear these horror stories and yeah, it's probably my biggest regret. Yeah. That's what someone asked me. They're like, is there anything that you haven't been able to forgive yourself for? And I was like, honestly, it would be, that would be it driving. And I mean, the pain that I put my family and friends through, that all goes hand in hand. Right. So yeah, binge drinker, blackout. And, and I can look back and be like every single, I, I was a Jekyll and Hyde drinker. Mm. I was like, woo, fun, nice until suddenly I wasn't. And I can honestly reflect on that and say that that was the insecure version of me that would come out. It wasn't that I, even if I, if I was mean to someone, it wasn't because I didn't like them. It would be something that I thought was great about them or admired that I was jealous and insecure about. So I was coming in shots fired because then (laughs) I would be like, where did that come from? Why? Like I would never say things like that sober or be like outwardly mean to someone and I'm like, where does that come from? And I was like, oh, upon booze. Was <laughs> there booze. anything in particular that would set you off or flip that switch? Or it was just kind of I think, situational? It honestly, I think it was situational. And it was it, I think it was just once I reached a certain point, the switch was flipped. Yeah. Which and then what do you get with that? You get anxiety. So yes. that's great. 3 a.m. you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I say? this is horrible. And then, I mean, my mom struggled with alcohol use disorder, alcoholism, whatever, you know, whatever people want to call it that works for them um, my whole life. But she drank white wine and I wasn't drinking white wine. So like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's like, Haley, you got to be careful. It runs in your family. And I'm like, I'm fine. And it, that's not going to happen to me. Right. Those are like the famous. Exactly. Yeah. Famous thought. (laughs) it's so hard to think back on the messy drunk girl or the mean girl. And I would, I would prior to that. I'm a night. I, I believe myself to be a kind person, a nice person. Like I wouldn't behave that way, but it was just this alter ego. And so in my twenties down in the city, I got introduced to cocaine and well, isn't that the best worst combination of <laughs> life? <laughs> yes. It enables uh, us to drink more, right? As if we need anything to make that happen. Like, no. I had a phase a couple years probably where cocaine was introduced to the mix and that's all it did. It kept us up later and allowed us to drink more and make more bad decisions and more things that we regret. Really, that's all that it did. Yes. And that's the thing I'm like, ooh, I'd for me, it's okay. Well, suddenly you're not falling over anymore and you're, yeah. you're, you're not, I wouldn't switch to that mean girl. So like I found the mother load, this is great. And it's so not because the whole time that you think like, 
now I'm good and I'm balanced. It's like that little addiction beast is just brewing Ugh. inside of you. And I'm like, no. <laughs> true. A lot of things were going not so great in my life, which again, I can reflect on this now and say that I was just as toxic as the toxic things in my life. But, and I mean, drugs and alcohol were at the forefront of everything. Uh, my mom's health was failing at the time. She got early onset dementia, two types of cancer in her breast and an aggressive form of cancer in her tongue. So she was in a long-term nursing care home facility. That was all very hard. I was in an unhealthy relationship. It was basically a codependent relationship and just not nothing about it was healthy or supportive. So what do I use as my coping mechanism other than drugs and alcohol, right? Because, and, and people would say to me, you know, Haley, like you don't have to do it alone. And at that point in time, people would say like, oh, you look really skinny. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thank do I? And I'm like, oh, you guys are saying I look sick. Yeah, That makes sense because now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even pull my pants up even like past my calf with how much weight I had lost. So really bad. And then I, I hadn't slept for an entire weekend. I decided to drive when I should not have driven. And I thank God I didn't kill anyone. I thank God. I thank God. I rolled my vehicle. I had three brain bleeds and a grade three concussion. Wow. Yeah. Did you doze off or was it just distracted or yeah? I have zero recollection. I want, could have dozed off. I could, I could have had a seizure. I had had seizures before with cocaine use again, not again, when, you know, you have all these warning signs and that I think that's probably another regret and not that I have regrets, just things that I see differently now, but I remember multiple times in my stomach feeling like, Haley, this is going to go bad. Mm. This is going to turn. You got to get ahead of this. Like your, your luck's going to run out. Right. And I didn't listen to that intuition and it did run out. So after I, and I don't know that I can't even remember really the timeline on that, but after recovering from the injury, which is I've deemed miraculous, like completely miraculous months later, I still ended up drinking, which like anyone from the outside looking in logic would be like, what on earth? Like, and that was the pull and how addicted at that point in time that I was. And it's crazy to me to think of now because I'm like, you couldn't pay me. Like, I know that there's nothing in it for me. And I am so grateful for that, but it is terrifying to think like that could happen. You were, I was on death's door. Yeah. Let's grab another one. Let's grab another one. I had a similar situation and I had a stroke at the age of 32 as a direct result of my alcoholism laid in the ICU neuro wing for almost six weeks with the inpatient uh, physical rehabilitation as well. I had to learn to walk again and uh, thought about booze every day in the hospital. Yes. From the outside in people that don't understand addiction are like, what in the ever loving (laughs) fuck are you doing? Yeah. But that pull was, it was still so so strong that I I couldn't, it it was the only coping mechanism that I had. So I had just been through this medical trauma, this life altering situation. How was I going to deal with that booze is the only thing that I knew. 
that was the only tool at the time, right? Only like tool. that. Yeah. Oh, which is that's so crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So I woke up um one morning extremely hungover, obviously, because yeah. at, at that point it was just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And and I felt I felt guilty. I constantly felt anxious. And my dad is the most supportive, amazing human. But and at one point, in the most supportive way, he like he said, Haley, what like what's it gonna take? Like what what's your stop here? And and he just wanted to help me, but didn't know how. And I completely get that. And I said, Do you think that I wake up and want to drink? Like, do you think that I want this to be happening? And days later, he was like, That actually, he's like, I heard that so differently. And he's like, because I did think you wanted to be doing this. And he didn't think that I wasn't thinking. He thought, sorry, that I wasn't thinking about people and that I was just like, I don't care if this hurts you, but it's no, I feel out of control at this point in time. This is what my brain, when I open my eyes, I'm thinking about, I don't want this, (laughs) but that's, that was the process. So I woke up one morning and I called a detox center that was like an hour from me. And I asked them if I could go there that night. I had this overwhelming, just, you gotta, if you want to change, you got to do something and you got to do something big. I just needed it to be inaccessible to me. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't have a plan. I needed that space. One of the biggest hurdles in starting a podcast can be the overwhelming thought of all of the technology. Let me tell you, don't let it stop you especially in the beautiful online recovery space, we could really save lives. So if you have a message that you want to share and a story that you want to tell, the Podcast Host Academy can help you get there. Inside the Podcast Host Academy, you'll find courses on everything from equipment, software and editing, to presentation skills and vocal warm-ups. Click the link in today's show notes for an additional 15% off your subscription to the Podcast Host Academy and alitu.com. That is alitu, A-L-I-T-U dot com. Called, I went. My sister is amazing. She's like, yeah, I'll drive you. It was her birthday. So I'm like, I'm sorry to ruin. And she's like, no, this is amazing. <laughs> birthday present. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, let's yes. do it. So she, and she said it was one of the hardest things in the world to, leave me. And I was like, no, bye. Like, yes. You, I, this is I, it. I yeah. And it was interesting. Cause someone said to me the other day, I said, I, I woke up there and immediately it was like the weight of the world was gone. It was so true. Right. I'm like, well, I can breathe. Yes. <laughs> I, like why you almost feel like you're in a different body. And so that 30 seconds of fear and that drive there, like no part of me second guessed it. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm exactly, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. So that was amazing. And someone asked me, they said, oh, it sounds like you found your people there. And I was like, to be, I, I said, yes. I realized I'm like, I felt like I found myself. Yes. Oh. That's, I came home and I was like, oh my gosh. So I stayed there, I think for five days. They In two days, they were like, Haley, you, you can go. Cause I was so <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so and how I, long was it from the car accident until uh, going to detox? A little, a little bit over a year, Got which it. is, like, yeah. And I, I don't even really remember how long I was in recover, like recovering from the injury. Those are details I should probably figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But 
Yeah. So I had this whole mindset shift. And even when I was there, when I was going to be going home, I'm like, okay, you know, like alcohol is legal. It's accessible. You can get it anywhere. And I was like, I don't care. And then I was like, this person's still going to be drinking. These people are still going to be doing drugs. You know, you're still going to get upset by stuff. And I was like, but I don't care. I don't have to drink. Like, and I had this huge realization that I had absolutely no idea who I was anymore. Yeah. I yeah. I had very similar ones. Like yeah. using and, and drinking and drugs becomes the only thing that we enjoy doing, yeah. the only hobby, yeah. the only pastime, the only interest that we have. So it's like we yeah. totally lose ourselves. And I had, as yeah. a 33-year-old man, had no idea the first thing about myself. I didn't yeah. know what my favorite color was, what my favorite meal was, what I yeah. wanted to do with, you know, nothing about myself. hundred percent. And I, and I realized, I mean, I think it's pretty common that we're, a lot of us are people pleasers. Yeah. I realized I never went, I never, when it came to like dating or anything, I never went for people I liked. I tried to get people to like me mm. and then I would that, that was my thing. I was all about external validation. I was all about being who somebody wanted me to be as opposed to being myself and thinking I'm enough. So then all of a sudden you get sober and you're like, who the F am I? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. this is alarming, but I, and again, I don't know where my mindset shift came from, but I was like, this is effing awesome because even though I don't know who I am, I get to build myself into who I want to be. So, so out with the old, okay, cool. Don't know who I am. Let's rediscover. And I poured myself into like self-help books, like Jen Sincero, you're a badass. Yeah. Hollis, like all the stuff that was like, reminded me, Hey, you're you, you're valuable. You're worthy. You're like, my identity had become my struggle mm. and that. I didn't want that anymore. And that wasn't my identity anymore. That's very relatable. I bet a lot yeah. of listeners feel that. I definitely felt that to a degree as well. I think it just became part of my personality. It's, it's yeah. you know, Nate's the party guy. And then, right. oh, Nate's like going through a bout of depression because for a long time, I associated everything with depression as opposed yeah. to, well, I, I mean, I was feeding myself liquid depressant. So what did I expect from that? But yeah, yeah it, it becomes almost this personality trait, right? Yeah. Which is so scary. Yeah. So I had this year of amazing, like loved it. So happy. Poured myself into self-help books. Didn't, I was exercising. I wasn't interested in alcohol. Like it just and I had said forever, the idea of forever didn't scare me because I knew fundamentally like my life is better without it. I don't need it. There's no positive benefit that has ever obviously come out with it. Never. Still waiting on that. If anyone has a positive outcome <laughs> but, from alcohol, let us know. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> Still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting. So, but then sure enough, around 11 months, be, you know, I don't know if it was a voice in my head or other people like, well, are you, so it's almost a year. Like, are you going to drink again? You've, you're, you've been fine. You haven't even been interested in it. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't. And I haven't had a trait. Like I haven't had a trigger, which I don't usually typically use the word trigger because I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, to me, I'm like, that's just something that we haven't developed a coping skill or mechanism for. And there's fading effects bias. And the thing for me is I didn't forget how bad it was. I, there's no way I could forget a brain injury and addiction and right. how horrible it was and what it did to my mom. Like 
it was very much in my mind. But after a year of feeling real good and not thinking about it, like I can do it because I want to, not because I need to. Right. Those intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And like, it'll be different this time. I can control it. I cannot control it. We're here to tell you it will not be different and you cannot control it. Thank you. It's going to be the same thing, but maybe, Hey, maybe it could even be worse. So let's just not. Yeah. Haley Scherter is here to tell you. (laughs) Goodness. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, you know what, let's try it. Which the funny thing is you learn in this naked mind about how, like, when you actually think back, did you, do you even like the taste of alcohol? Most people know when you think to So sure enough, I, I try, I try a drink. I'm like, yeah, for the, I'll be fine. And I was like, if I have a cider, because I didn't, cider wasn't my thing. I'm like, that's like a beer. Beer's not my thing. It'll be fine. It tasted awful, <laughs> but immediately my eyes shifted over to the liquor cabinet. And I was like, oh, there fuck. I go. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so there, so that was a terrible idea. Mm. And then that took seven months of daily drinking and shame spiral. And the worst was in my head. I'm like, you just did it for a year. You loved it. You can do it. What the hell's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, that's not helping me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to beat myself up. So it took seven months. I screwed up a job, which I ended up going back to. And they, I didn't get paid for work, but they let me stay and continue to help and created a structure and accountability for me because they love and support me. And I friggin' they're like, the that's amazing. Yeah. That like, is amazing. Unreal. Love a supportive unreal. employer with the normalcy now of, uh, mental health disorders and, and addiction yeah. and substance use disorders. I think one of our biggest fears, right. Can be or why we perhaps stay silent or don't seek treatment is because of work and yeah. you know, will they be understanding? Can I get time off? Will my job still be there? Gosh, love a supportive employer. Oh yeah. And there's so much fear of judgment, right? Like, and I, Oh yeah. Outwardly was visibly intoxicated. Like I messed up that's on me. And they, yeah. They're like, Nope, you're good. Still to this day. I, and that was hard. I went back there last year amazing went amazing but the anxiety going into something where i'm like oh my god the last time i was here it was years ago was really bad and it was like this full circle amazing incredible journey but yeah so you know i can look at it and be like oh why did you drink again oh my gosh and i'm like you know what i'm so glad i did it a year after and realized like okay that's for real for real this time (laughs) For real, the door is closed, people. Yeah. Sometimes it takes that. Like, can I, can I control it? Yeah. You know, with what I've learned and, you know, where I've grown and developed, is it going to be different? And some people need to go out and do a little more research and test it for themselves. Thank God it was only seven months and you got your answer, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And it was interesting. I talked to someone and they said, we we're talking about moderation. And he was like, well, why did you, he asked me why I chose to drink again. And I was like, well, because I believed I could, yeah. he said, there's a belief. And I'm like, yes, I believed <laughs> I could drink one. Yeah. And he's like, no. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you believed there was, there was a belief. You 
either you felt like you were missing something or you believed there'd be a positive benefit. He said, you just said to me that you had the best year of your life. You were happy. You were grateful. You felt like yourself again. So there was a belief associated with having that. What, what made you do it? And I was like, I thought I could. And he's like, there's something else. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) Weeks later, laying in my bed, I was like, damn it. I was like, he might've been onto something. And I was like, I didn't want to be the girl who couldn't or shouldn't drink. Mm -hmm. Even though, meanwhile, now that I look back, I'm like, okay, so basically alcohol is having a total cigarette moment. There's nothing (laughs) good about it. And like, that's all coming to the forefront. I'm like, it's crazy that we fight so hard to be able to have one or two of something that doesn't bring any positives out or into our lives. But once I established that, like those were the stories and beliefs, I was like, yeah, no. When I found this naked mind, just that's, I found the alcohol experiment. It's a free, the free 30 day alcohol experiment online. And I was like, you know, let's just see. And everything that it was talking about, it was discussing like the science. And so like when we talked about, you know, oh, I tried to have just one and that didn't work. Now I understand our, my brain and the different things that happen and having that understanding, it honestly also just, it helps me understand myself, but it helps me talk to people who don't necessarily get it. What does that entail or what does that process look like to become certified? Yeah. So it was a six month program and then a certification uh, process with a test and they would, you video record your coaching, but it's also like daily homework, daily meetings. So you're learning about the neurological and psychological components of alcohol use and basically the process of coaching, because a lot of us, I mean, you go through it and you can relate and, you know, storytell with people, but it's about allowing people to discover their beliefs And then peel back those layers. And I think, honestly, the beautiful part of the dialogue within the recovery community is that as you're able to talk vulnerably and share without fear, you come to so many realizations without even thinking that you're doing work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And there's something to be said just about that trust level too, when when it's coming from someone who has shared true life experience. You know, if you're sitting in a clinician's office or a sterile therapist's uh, (laughs) office. It's very different than someone who gets it, you know? Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. And that's, I think that's like, oh man, I am passionate about it, but it's having that space with someone and that dialogue. And then I don't know for me to like sit and be able to have these kind of conversations is like my heart just opens. Like I, yeah, (laughs) I love it. I'm all about little small goals and little small habit change as opposed to being like, I'm not going to drink for X, Y, like however long, yeah. because the second that if, if you have a slip or if something happens, you get so discouraged or defeated and then you're all the way back. Whereas if you can just start to make small hmm. tweaks. Yeah. I mean, the small steps get you, get you up the staircase as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember. There's the way home is a movie with Ben Affleck. He's a basketball coach. The way home. He has a drinking problem in the movie and he is a basketball coach and he's like, it's the little things. You just got to keep doing the little things and that will change the big picture. And I was like, yes, Ben, it will. That's Ben Affleck, it will. (laughs) And I'm like, Ben, you get this (laughs) because he totally gets it. I'm like, I love that. (laughs) 
but it really is those little things. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the times I'll talk to people, they'll say things without even realizing the limiting belief. Mm. And then, and then I'll say it back and be like, do you hear what you just said? And and then what are you making that mean? And it's just, I don't know. It's just like peeling back so many layers and I, I love it. (laughs) Tell everyone where they can find you online if they want to reach out or possibly work with you. Okay. So you can find me at livingovertheinfluence.com. And then I also have Instagram at livingovertheinfluence. And I just branched onto TikTok. Which is <sighs> oh, it's scary, isn't it? I, I'm a longtime lurker and yeah. recent kind of getting in more so to, I post a lot of clips from my shows, but I, I've yeah. started to uh, get a little, uh, you know, post a little more personalized stuff on TikTok, but it's scary, man. They can be it's, mean over there on TikTok. That's, and that's my thing. That's why I'm like, I wasn't even sure if I was going to say it. Now I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Only because Let's I'm like, put it out there. And that's one of the things that I'm exploring. And I talked about it yesterday. And I'm like, if energetically I find that it's not right for me, because I'm all about putting out my truth and I will never say what does and does not work. It's recovery is not one size fits all. Right. But I know that, yeah, it's, it, I am a little nervous over there. So if I do decide that like, Hey, I'm too sensitive for this because I am, I am a sensitive person. <laughs> Same. I, yeah. Like I know, I, I know I have to develop thick skin and, you know, put it out there and, and our, my message will not fit everyone and that's totally yeah. okay, but I'm trying it on. It doesn't mean I have to stick with it, Yeah. but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, da- if da- not da- meet her over on Instagram. Yes. Yes. It's on Instagram or head over to the website and email me. Absolutely. Yeah. Ely Scherters. <laughs> wow. What a great conversation. I'm so grateful that we crossed paths. Uh, my new friend, Haley Scherters. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in the episode and how to connect with our guest. And as always, check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, and on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries Pod. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, friends. It truly helps other people to find the show. And in turn, we can help more people. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, everyone.